Hello and welcome to another episode of Between the Stammers. It's October 3rd. It's a Wednesday. The NHL season has just started. I am Art Aronson. Uh, I am the co-host of this podcast. I'm here along with my cohort, Caleb Kirby. Caleb. How are you, bud? It is the opening night of the NHL. I'm doing well. I know you're doing well. I'm doing great. I'm all jacked up. The first game of the season for the Vancouver Canucks happened tonight. We're focusing on the Canucks that came away with the victory, a 5-2 win over the division rival Calgary Flames. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about this game, obviously, because it just happened. We're going to talk in general about the Vancouver Canucks as well in this podcast. Um, obviously, since we're fresh off this game and... Uh, it's fresh in our minds. We'll probably start with the game. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's just start with uh, just, I think, simple. Let's talk about the lineup that they had going into this game. Or were, were you surprised at all by who was in the starting lineup for this team? I think the biggest thing tonight was, for me, I was a little surprised about the Hutton scratch over Puglia getting started. That was kind of kind of the one thing that I took a little bit of uh, umbrage with. Um. It wasn't necessarily a bad thing because, I mean, at the end of the day, Hutton didn't step up to a level where he must be in the lineup. But uh, I was a little curious to see it. Yeah, because Pouliot, I don't think, uh, he didn't he didn't blow anybody away in the preseason. And Hutton looked like he was a man that had obviously worked on his game, worked on his conditioning in the offseason. So, uh, but you know what? Coach Travis Green decided that he wasn't going to make the lineup uh, to start opening day. Uh, Schaller also a healthy scratch, whatever, I think. I think he got outplayed, man. I think Schaller got outplayed by both Mott and Granlin. Yeah. And you know what? Both those guys look fantastic tonight. Yeah. Um, starting goaltender Markstrom, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, Demko got hurt. He wasn't going to be the backup goalie. Obviously, it was going to be Nilsson. Um Anything else you took away from the starting lineup, uh, the start, uh, the start of this Canucks team here, aside from their awful uh, um, announcer? What's what's this? James uh, Ransdorf. Randorf. Oh, Randorf and Rudy, the biggest homer of all time for the Flames. How biased was those that call though by Rudy? Man, like I know he he has a hard time not showing his like flames tender heart but like as a fan if you're watching that nationally that can get old pretty quick yeah that was the two like besides the starting lineup on Hutton not being in the lineup for this game the two things that struck me obviously the broadcast having Randorf I hate that guy and having uh Mark Donnelly as the as the national anthem you're done with Donnelly. I, I can't. I cannot stand that guy. He's a little chunky again, though, hey? Oh. He looks better when he's a little chunky. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're through the... Oh, the- you know what? I wanted to talk about one thing, too. In the in the pregame, they did the starting lineups. Yeah. But did you notice they had the drummers out on the ice with the glowing drums? A little, like... I think Vegas this year has encouraged a lot of these teams to step their game up with their pregame and on-ice intros. Vancouver's done a nice job with, like their stanchion lighting and stuff like that for fan experience. But I think we're going to see more of this across the board. Well, or it was just opening night. No, I think we're going to see it all year. I think we're going to see the drumming and that sort of stuff. We're not going to get the full Canucks lineup like that every night, but we're going to see a little more theatrics than we have before. And it's not just going to be the Canucks. I think it's going to be across the league. Okay. Uh, 
hopefully we do see that because, I mean, they're in the entertainment business, right? Let's get out there and entertain. Uh, Speaking... Sorry, I cut you off again, but like, look at Gritty, right? This week, Flyers mascot, he's Mm -hmm. made a huge splash with that unveiling. And I think the league has kind of figured out like the more personality, the better. And they're starting to roll with it a bit, which is nice to see. If you know what we're talking about, Gritty is the new mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. That's really all I know about him because I've been trying to stay away from that story. Great. He's a mascot. Dude, his googly eyes are unreal. You kidding me? <laughs> I mean, he rivals the the Philly fanatic now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's got more followers than uh, Bailey, the King's mascot, already. It's just been like a week. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, speaking of a lot of fun, and we've gone a good five minutes in this podcast without mentioning. I mean, I buried the lead a little bit. Uh, everybody came out tonight to see the Canucks' uh, number one prospect, Elias Pettersson, and he didn't uh, disappoint, scoring a goal and an assist in this game, the opening goal for the Canucks, too, uh, the only goal of that first period, uh, which you take away from Elias Pettersson. Are you, uh, are you okay with me telling my story? Well, it has to do with Elias Pettersson. That's why we're here. So Art and I, we're in a little hockey pool. And uh, oh, this story boring. Old Kill Kirby decides to take Elias Pettersson early. Got chirped by the entire pool. Been like, it's too early, man. Rightfully it's too so. early. I took him in the third round. I didn't think it was too early. Mm. Two points tonight. It's a snake draft too, so I wasn't gonna get him if I didn't get him in that third round. I don't think. I thought it was a little disrespectful to Bo Horvat and uh, Brock Besser that you took him over those guys. Both pointless tonight. Pedersen with two. I think I'm just saying, I man. Like I think you're kind of overreacting. To I one think night. the kid is he's gonna work wonders this year. He like in preseason he completely delivered. He was had points in all of his games. He was super consistent. And that first goal, man. Whew, way to make your stamp on the league with that goal because that goal was dirty. Yeah, it was in and out. Uh, Mike Smith didn't even see it. It was like a lot. I, I don't know. I think only Pedersen knew it was in. Smith know? needed to call a roofer after that one, man. Like, well, he didn't he know shot the in. roof off of that. Yeah, he didn't that. know it was in. He was looking around the other net, that side of the net, because he thought it went yeah. wide. Top right corner, sick. Fans and, went nuts. And you know what? What is nice about Pedersen is like he doesn't. Marcus Granlin had a shot a little bit earlier, and you could. It was so telegraphed. You could see the wind up and everything like that with. Pedersen, he gets that shot off so quickly, so fast. Just snaps his stick up there, top right corner. Goalies are going to be frustrated with that all season. He's got a howitzer, as you can see. Uh, he's also pretty good at playmaking too, getting the assist on the first goal, the, the first goal of the second period as well, to make it two nothing for Vancouver, uh, feeding Goldobin there to make it two nothing. Yeah, that's a nice little apple, and that's knowing where your line mate is. Before basically your line mate even knows where he is. That was a really, really crafty pass right in the slot out to Goldobin on the left hand side of the net. And Goldobin had the whole net. All he had to do was just tap it in. Uh I mean, Patterson, yes, he's a fantastic player. The only reason you were ripped is because you're clearly a Canucks fan. Uh huge Canucks. Guys fan. like Ryan Getzlaff and Patrick Kane were still on the board and you took Pedersen. So that's why you got ripped. I stand by it. <laughs> okay. It's one game. We'll go through Just the saying. air and we'll see how I finish. I, th- I think we'll it was see. a good pick. 
And you know what? I think most of Canucks Nation is going to agree with me by the end of the season that it was a good pick. Well, it is if you're in a keeper league, but not a one-off pool where you just kind of get points and assists. Well, we'll see, Art Aronson. We'll see. Uh, But we're not here to talk about our fantasy pool. Thank God. Nothing more boring than that. Uh, Anything else strike you uh, about Pedersen's game tonight that you didn't absolutely love? I thought he was awesome. He, He made so many just smart plays. He had this one like soft dump that the refs ended up calling icing, but you could hear everybody debating it. And it was just such a smart play in his own end. It was really scrambly at the time. Flames were pressing and he got the puck on his stick, skated up to the blue line, had the poise to stop and just do like a nice soft backhanded lob up the ice. And it shouldn't have been icing, but like the the kid is smart, man. He just reads the game so quickly and his defensive game is underrated. Like he was really solid out there. Yeah. I think that's what strikes me the most when I watch him because he's really slender kid right now. And I mean, he'll grow into his body. He'll, you know, he'll probably put on a few more pounds at some point here. But I think, you know, he's tough to knock off the puck. He wins battles. He can come from behind. He can, he can, come from behind and sneak up on people I uh, there was there's a lot of things about his game that uh, it's not just you know flash and dash in the offensive zone and I also think that that's a bit of a bullshit knock on his game like his frame because you know like he's he's I don't proving... think that's a knock I'm well, just, well, it's, just of, it's just uh, it's just physically looking uh, at a lot him. of people are saying it they're like oh he's undersized he's undersized but I mean there's tons of good players in this league that are quote unquote undersized we see saw another guy across the ice from him tonight who's quote unquote undersized and Johnny Goudreau and he's been in this league and he's been lighting it up since he's been here you know Pedersen will be able to do that he's if anything he's wiry right and there's nothing wrong with that at all he's got amazing hands and being that slender allows and, him to, well, to don't, stick guys with great moves well I'm not trying I wasn't saying that as a slight to him I'm, just I'm not saying, saying that, that, that you're look. saying that yeah. it's not a personal attack on you I just I've been hearing that from a lot of people like in the media and across Canada covering the NHL talking about person oh he needs to add weight he needs to do all this stuff I don't know if he necessarily does. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm not saying that he needs to either. I'm just saying when he does, it's just going to be that much better too, you know? Yeah, well. Right? We'll see, I guess. I think so. That's that's my take on Pedersen there. Uh, The other Canuck I thought tonight that really stood out, well, there was a few of them that did, but uh, uh, Jacob Markstrom, like, he kept his team in the game there for a good portion of this game. Well, fuck, you take seven penalties – a lot of them which were pretty iffy, if you ask me. Sutter got called for one where he basically lifted a guy's stick, which was complete shit. I didn't like Gabranson, too, the one when he was back-checking. He clearly yeah. just lifted the stick. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do as a defender. I know. Yeah. And, no. and, and, and uh, like, that that bugs me, right? But uh, Markstrom kept him in it, you know? And Markstrom is not one of those guys who a lot of Canucks fans have given full credit for stealing games. Mm-hmm. Tonight you could make that argument yeah. that he stole that game from. And he was unreal. I and mean, the save that he made before the – before I, I was it before the Vertanen goal? Yeah. Uh, but it went the other way. But yeah. Like, it was like – it was a tap-in, and he towed it. Yeah. Like, it was a – I was like, the, he doesn't make that save. It's a different, like, flame – we could be in overtime right now, yeah. you know? No, I agree. Yeah. And and um, you got to give full marks to that penalty kill for – bending not breaking around him and giving him clear shooting lanes so he could see the puck like i thought that penalty kill was magic tonight and i thought they did a really good job of 
getting their sticks in passing lanes, but also opening it up enough so Markstrom could see the shots, see where it's coming from. And that's that's what this bottom six is all about, man. Like, that's why we have guys like Mott in here. That's why a guy like Gagne was waived because Mott, like, that guy proved himself tonight. I know it's the first game of the year, right? And, like, everybody temper your expectations, but Mott had a whale of a game. Beagle had a whale of a game. You know, Granlin had a really, really good game too. All three of those guys on the PK were fantastic. And but of course, who makes them all look better tonight? Markstrom. Markstrom, Markstrom made like I would say five grade A stops, and I was like, and I and I had actually I tweeted it out. I was like, if this was in the '80s and the goaltending, you know, isn't as good as it is today, this is probably a 10 eight game. What know? a wonder, though. That's for- what it felt like for a guy like Markstrom's confidence to come out of the gate like that. And, and I mean, he finished the year pretty strong last year too. If this is any indication, like, well, he has to, it's his job really. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think he knows that. Right. But the thing is too, is, is, um, like, I, I just think those forwards, man, those forwards that they not only brought in, but the, like bringing mod in over Gagne, I think is huge. Like, there was times where Calgary had the power play early and they were just stopping them at the line with just smart plays, good anticipation, getting their sticks in the lanes. Granlin did it like three times in the first two power plays against the first power play that Calgary had. They didn't even get a shot on net, you know, like, I mean, it looked their penalty kill looked it was, fantastic. It was great tonight. And, but I, you know, I also want to say that I kind of thought Johnny Gaudreau and Monaghan looked really disinterested to start this game for the first like two periods. I was like, these guys, like I barely noticed them on the ice and I, also in the power play. I was like, uh, are these guys going to show up tonight at all? I don't know if I agree with that because I thought Calgary put the pressure on in the second period. And, and they continued that pressure in the third. The first period was a little bit different, but I think that's because, one, the Canucks came out of the gate hot in their own building. I think the fight where Good Branson absolutely dummied Hamannick, um was awesome. Hamannick came back into the game, but he had to come back with a full-face shield on because Good Branson just jawed the dude. Yeah, you know? he was uh, in a different uh, weight class there, and uh, Gabranson made him pay for it. By the way, that hit on Dubé, I didn't think it was bad, and I didn't even think it was interference. The puck was near there, you know, and Dubé came in to make the play, and then Gabranson went for the hit, and it re- kind of pissed me off when Rudy was like, oh, they meant to hit him in the head there, and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a homer thing to say. That's just a <laughs> guy skating in to make a hit. Let's lay off, Kelly. Rudy, well, I'm just saying, it's it's when you say shit like that as a broadcaster, and, you know, like the NHL is listening to every feed and watching every game, they're going to review shit like that, and that's how guys get, you know, r- ridiculous penalties in games. It's not good. Uh, I I thought the hit was quite it deserved a penalty. That's it. That's that's what I thought. You thought it was interference? I, I thought it was a little bit interference. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I know the game debatable, and man. I know the game moves really quickly. I had no problem with it being a penalty. I thought the puck was right there. I didn't uh, I didn't like I wasn't like total horse shit penalty, but I was like, man, that's any, it's any, debatable. Anytime you try and take the body before the puck is there, before knowing your opponent has the, the puck, puck was I there. think, I think, I th- well, watch the replay. The puck was there. I watched the replay. Okay, I, don't I saw think it. You did I did? I saw okay. it. I I thought that he clearly was going for the body, going for the body over the puck, and I 
kind of I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. So I. I had no problem with it being a two-minute penalty. Uh, to me, that's hockey. Agree to disagree. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I thought the best uh, Calgary Flame out there was Matthew Kachuk for most of this game, and that's that's why I kind of thought the the top dudes were not really interested in this game until really the third period. Uh, that's a credit though to the Canucks doing so well on the penalty kill. Uh, the Flames. The Flames. Mm. They mentioned it. They mentioned it that the Flames were not a good power play last year, and they were struggling again this year. Uh, to start the year. I thought Gio was one of their better players tonight. Yeah, I thought Kachuk was yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think you got to give credit where credit is due. And you got to give credit to that bottom six of the Canucks, man. You do. Like, they were out there for so much of this game. Not only killing, but grinding. Fuck. Beagle had a back check in this game that was just, like, like glorious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, you can tell, if they keep this up, they're going to be a harder team to play against. And this is stuff you don't see in the preseason because guys like this aren't going to be doing the grinding. But when you watch that grinding tonight, man, like, that's encouraging. That's encouraging for to, for, for this season. Canucks are going to be a tough out. Yeah, let's, let's, Look, not, let's, it, okay. let's not go overboard on, here. On, I remember on, the Canucks having, like, uh, winning said, three or four games. I said they're going to be a tough out. Well, it's, so not, it's not me yeah. going overboard. I said yeah. they're going to be a tough out. But yeah. think of it this way. Think of how good of a team win this is. Your top line, your Horvat, Barchi, and Besser didn't get on the board at all. And you won that game without that top line being effective. That top line was a minus two this game. That top line, those three guys were the worst players for the Canucks tonight. They were horrible in their own end. They were And they need to tighten it up. They were bad in their own end. Barchi is responsible for one of those goals from not getting in a lane fast enough. A passing lane fast enough that was the first one against he was right there and he didn't commit to it mm-hmm. they're in their own end they didn't have two hands on the stick checking they did a lot of flybys and stuff in their own end and they're gonna need to figure a way to tighten that up yeah you know they, they're gonna have better nights and you know that was not not a great night for the top line um but i'm not going overboard about that either just like i'm not going overboard about or, a great well, night you, from the bottom six. It, you're making you know? it sound like I'm saying I'm I'm. You're making it sound like I'm going overboard on everything, and you I don't are. think I am. I don't think so. I think you are. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just stating things that I saw tonight. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what we're doing here. Yeah. Which is fine, but I'm not gonna make like major assumptions about the team overall as a well, team. Well, it's not a major. It's not a major assumption to say that Bo Brock and Barchi need to work on their game defensively. They looked that way last year as well, and it needs improvement. It hasn't improved from last year, is all I'm saying. And if they're going to be those top-line guys and face other teams' top lines, they're going to need to tighten it up in their own zone. Well, they're just going to need to have the puck more, is what they're going to need to do. And they didn't have the puck a lot in this game. So that's why it was more noticeable, I think. Yeah, but how do you get the puck? Well, Where do you start off with the puck in your own end? Yeah, or the defense has to get you the puck, right? Yeah. Which is but it's be not. A it's not just year. completely up to the D. Right. It's it's on them as well. Yeah. And if they're not doing the job in their own end, then they're not going to come out of their own end with the puck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also thought Chris Tanev and Alex Edler were really good throughout the. I think I think Tanev was out there for the entire game, pretty much. Yeah, like, Tanev was an absolute like, stud. He tonight. was. He was. He was out there like nearly in every big situation. He was killing all the penalties. He was. Um, he was out there. He almost scored. He hit the post in the first period. I thought it was in. Uh, I thought he was uh, one of their best players tonight as well. Um, he would be. I'd. I'd argue him for third star. Yeah. Like I mean, I'd put. 
I, I personally would put Markstrom because I thought he had the best game out of anybody at first. I know Patterson would probably get first start because he scored and got an apple but, in his debut. Yeah, he did. Right? He played less than 10 minutes in this game, and that was because of penalties. Yeah, but yeah. both both those guys, like I, I'd put Markstrom as my one, Patterson as my two, and then I think the third one would be, be between Tanev and uh, Mott. Mott had a whale of a game, man. <sighs> Uh, and he and it was because he was out there for so long, right? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. But that's what that's what you need out of that guy, and he's 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 done everything he can to be on this club, and he's continued to do it, and that's been super impressive. Yeah, but I'm not giving him I'm not giving him a star over Chris Tanev, who was out there for like 90 percent of the game. Mott, I think, probably yeah, logged I, the most minutes as a forward out there tonight. That that quite could possibly be him or Sutter. I'd say one of those two guys yeah. probably lost. Well, that's the most what minutes. I mean. Like, yeah. he was noticeable, and that's huge. Uh, Stout, uh, the night for you. Elias Patterson is the fourth player in Canucks history to collect multiple points in his NHL debut. Can you name the other three players? Multiple points? Yeah, you're not going to be able I'm to. I'm not going to be. I think Jason King's one of them. No, he's no? not. Uh, a guy who played in during that same era. Hmm. Uh, Double J, Jason Jaffrey. Had two points against Anaheim on December 12th of 2007. I guess that's maybe a little bit after Jason King, actually. Uh, Thomas Gredin, October 11th, 1978, had two goals, one one assist, three points. And uh, Kurt Frazier as well uh, against, uh, what is CLR? I don't even know what CLR, what's CLR stand for? Who's that? Calgary? What? Calcium, lime, and rust, man. Kurt it's Fraser. a calcium lime and rust removal. This <laughs> podcast is brought to you by CLR, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they don't know it yet, but it is. You want to remove lime and rust and calcium deposits? Use CLR. So yeah, Kurt Fraser, Thomas Gradine, Jason Jaffrey. Elias Pedersen is in great company here, having multiple points on his uh, opening. I'm surprised uh, Pavel Burry didn't have multiple points on his opening night. I know he's, he had that one goal against the Winnipeg Jets. That was Pedersen's going to continue yeah. to do it, man. He's been a stud. Um, okay. Uh, anything else uh, strike you that you want to talk about this game? Uh, Vertanen, man. Back spasms. He was questionable on whether he was going to go. He was a little bit invisible until he popped that goal in there. But a, a big reason for that was because he's not killing penalties. You know, he takes the penalty, he gets out of the box, and he seizes that opportunity on that clear out. And, uh, you know, full marks to Jake Vertanen for getting out there and burying that one. That's exactly what people want to see out of him, and it's its good for him. It was uh, a sick goal, and I love the Sally on it 100%. That was uh, that was the moment when I was like, they're probably going to win this game now. You yeah, know? That's, that was yeah. definitely the turning of the tide in, in this game. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into a segment that I want to call Kirby Tweets. We're gonna go over the best tweets of the game from Caleb Kirby. Oh, I, I know, I already know my best one. He uh, he live tweeted the entire game. Um, I'm just gonna go back now and find. Uh, here's one after Pedersen scored on the goal. He was retweeting the Vancouver Canucks, who were obviously their account was very excited about Pedersen scoring, and he put Mike Smith needs to call Tim the Toolman Taylor to repair that roof. Clearly talking about the snipage uh, 
that was Elias Elias Pettersson. I think I'm gonna have problems with that. For we're a while. Gonna, we're both gonna have yeah. problems with yeah. that. Yeah. And I I know the broadcast had problems with it as well a few times tonight. Elias Patterson. Well, they had Elias Lindholm on the other side too, so that's mm-hmm. a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. Why? Hey, full marks to the broadcast crew tonight for you know not screwing that one up too much. Yeah, they. I don't. I can think of like three times they did. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, these old jabronis on the national NHL Sportsnet panel trying to understand Fortnite is hilarious. Uh, I do want to talk about Fortnite here in a second, but I want to move on to other tweets that you made tonight. Everybody's talking about Fortnite. Yeah, uh, pretty amped. Leipzig made this squad. Leipzig, of course, scoring in this game as well. Uh, restoring that, uh, or wait, did he make it 4-1? Is that what he did? Yeah. yeah, he made a 4-1, restoring that three-goal lead. He was Johnny on the spot on that play. And that was that was that second quick goal yeah. that happened very, very, like, yeah. right after they scored the third one, yeah. you know? That uh, was right after Vertanen's, I believe, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. That's right. And the goals. Um, uh, you know what? Your your Twitter game was okay tonight. What about, my, what about the first tweet I tweeted right after Pedersen scored? You have it there? Uh, no, I don't have it here. You got to have it. It's there. Oh, good to see Pedersen coaching up Louie on the bench. There was that when he was coaching yeah. up Louie on the bench, but it's even before that. I thought man. that was a little disrespectful to Louie Erickson. Well, he was giving him pointers. <laughs> he's he's going to show him how to score goals again. Yeah, true. Uh, uh, I thought Erickson was fine in this game. Whatever. He had one nice poke yeah. on, uh, on a PK that yeah. I noticed. Yeah. Um, he at least kept up with Pedersen, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I had uh, nice tilt, gutty, spirited bout. No, was a nice before one. that. Uh, we also had cup bound baby. Canucks. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> right after Pedersen scored. Yeah, not getting too excited about the Canucks uh, scoring first in this game was Caleb Kirby cup yeah. bound. Well, that's a good little joke. That's all it is. Um, okay, I think. I mean, I've said everything I've needed to say about this Canucks game. Anything else you wanted to say? Um. Yeah. Canucks in the dot. Eagle in the dot. Yeah, they're going to be better. They're going to be better down the center of the ice. Uh, Patterson on the draw. I I mean, I think he wasn't like outclassed or anything. He was fine. Yeah, he held his own in there. Yeah, yeah which I think, I mean... He's gonna have a problem in the dot. I think all that's gonna be one of the one of his uh, one of his problems. Yeah. As but you know it's his first year in the league. That's um, gonna be fine. Man, how nice is it to watch them take those draws in their own zone on a penalty kill in the dot and Not having a guy that. like Beagle just getting the puck back to the D that helps that D so much. And we know that the D is the the weak link on this team. Well, the weakest link on this team. And for him to win those draws and put the puck on the D stick to try and move it out is huge. Yeah. It, it's like it didn't seem like it was going to be this huge before it started. But even just watching in, in this game, you, you know that that's going to help them immensely throughout the season. Uh, Derek Pouliot, I thought, was fine in this game as well. He had a few moments where I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. You know, I think and one thing I noticed, and I don't, I don't really want to like – make too big a point of it because it's only one game but uh, I saw the the defense really stepping up into place trying to be more part of the offensive game I saw that tonight well, on five and five play not that there was a whole lot of it greeners yeah. encourage that though right yeah. like that's yeah. that's his mo is it's trying a- to get these guys to step up and join the rush and I mean Stetcher had a breakaway chance where I think Smith might have got a piece of it with his glove and it went wide 
But um, it's good to see both those guys step up into it. Stetchy had a great game too. He he was just Stetchy. That that guy's engine man runs at like a different RPM than like most players on the ice. He just well he has to. He just puts the effort in. I think yeah, he has to. He does he has have to. to. Yeah, for sure. To. Yeah, and when he doesn't, he gets embarrassed out there. That's why yeah. he has to do it. Um, okay, so moving on from this game, I just wanted to mention a couple of Canuck things as well before we move on from the Canucks. Uh, it just I just thought it was interesting. Uh, first, we're going to talk about Jim Benning, an interview that he did this week. I think it was with TSN 1040, and I thought it was kind of illuminating. One was almost a fireable offense, what he said. One, he said um, that he was talking about his back end and how they were coming into this season with the exact same back end as they had last year. And he said he tried to make moves in the offseason, but just didn't. Mm-hmm. Could have, didn't. And I was like, why would you even say that? Like, you think that's me, a fireable the, offense? Yeah, I do. How yeah. so? Explain, because, explain because why. Because your job is to make this team better. And you just didn't. That's what he, and, that, and he was admitting that. Yeah, he said you he know? tried and he wasn't able to. Well, try harder. Do something so, more. So what's right? better? A guy yeah. not being honest about it? Just saying, I like what we have? Because you're uh, around the league, you got... A million other GMs that'll just be like, I like what we have. I like what we have here. Benning is transparent. Like, if it's one thing that you've learned from Benning throughout this his run here as a Canuck GM is he is very open and honest. He's like the anti-Gillis in that way. Yeah. You know? I think he was also brought in. They were hoping him to be the anti-Gillis. They, like, told him, you got to be a little more friendly to the media. Than well, he has Gillis. been. Yeah. And, I mean, to, to say that, that's completely fine with me i don't i mean i had no problem with gillis in the way he i had no problem with that so the way he handled the media yeah i had no problem i with think that. he came off a little bit kurdish which is know? fine i'm not i'm he's not paid there to do that for me i i have no problem with that i don't know man like I you, mean, act, bill, you act like that people are gonna watch want to see you fall that's all that's fine people want to see bill belichick fall forever and have, okay have no so right, now we're so. on the patriots no, we're done with the canucks we're on your patriots no, here no no i'm just saying that that's all i'm saying um, I didn't like that at all. Those comments at all. It's like it's your job to make this team better. You're the defense better, and you just decided not to. I don't that's think pretty he just, much that is what think, he said. And I, I'm no, paraphrasing. That's, that's what he said. Yeah, that's a horrible paraphrase because he didn't just decide not to. He tried, and he said he tried. If he's saying he's tr- he was trying and he didn't no, like he said what he, he had, he said he did. He said uh, he had a few trade offers that he didn't like. That's yeah. what he said. So that means yeah. he tried, but he didn't. He didn't like what he saw. Yeah, but it's not good enough, though, I don't think. It's just not. It's not. Going back into this season with eight returning defense uh, that was just so bad last year, and you're going to have injuries again this year. They get one injury to that back end, and they're done. They're done. Mm, I think you got a couple guys waiting in the wings that have a chance to step up. You got Yule Levy right there, right? I mean, You have Hutton waiting right now, and you have Yule Levy right there. And the other thing he said, which we already knew, which is, I mean, it's fine. We already knew. He said, we're at the mercy of our young, skilled guys. That yeah. was his exact quote, which we already knew. Yeah. Still illuminating in the fact that he was just... So what do you do? You blow that. your wad on some old shitty vet like you did two times already and failed and bring that D-man in? That doesn't make any sense. What old man when are you know about? When you know like what you have in your team to try and improve your defense, 
Why do that? Why spend that money in free agency? I'm not saying spend money in free agency. I mean, go out and get a guy like Jacob Truba. Like, go out and, you know. What do you give up for him? You get, you got to give up a prospect for Truba. That's fine. You no, can't go not. back into this. You cannot go back into the season with the same defense core. You just can't. He did a good job. In to su- me, that's a fire no, offense. I disagree because I think he did a job. good job supplanting that defense with a centerman and some really defensive-minded forwards who can help that decor out. You know? Then we're that's bringing that's, that's that's bringing in that that's bringing in that that gritty bottom six guys who are going to be able to help those D-men out by winning draws, by working harder on the walls. Defense isn't just up to the two guys you call defense. That's not how hockey works. Are you now you're lecturing me on how hockey works? I'm just works? saying. Is that what it is? It's, this is? To to just say like oh the core isn't going to improve the defensive core if these guys work out this defense the so called like label defense is going to improve yeah but that's still not good enough well we'll see Caleb it's not we'll see if it's a fireable fireable offense I think it's a fireable offense to we'll go s- back into this we'll to back this a, season with with the same well defense. let's see let's see yeah. if it's a fireable offense by December you're going to know what you have in this team by December yeah. Yeah. are you not yeah okay yeah. sure sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll revisit that. Um, the other thing was ridiculous. Why do we give a shit about Fortnite? And why do we give a shit that the players aren't allowed to play? That This story went friggin' like, international today. Because Fortnite is the biggest game in the world by a ridiculous margin. It is one of the biggest gaming phenomenons of all time, easily. Well, there's the it problem could, right it, there. It, I don't even... it could be arguable argued that it is the biggest gaming phenomenon of all time well, there you go i have no i know absolutely nothing about it yeah so I've you're 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 one of yet. those guys on the on the panel who knows nothing about yeah, it either it's true i don't know a damn thing about fortnite and i don't understand so why i'm a, talking about it you want to know about it no no not really no but i, I just want to know in relation to the vancouver canucks and why it's uh why somehow it's being a link to the vancouver canucks here well it's being in linked, every other tweet it's I'm being reading. linked to everybody the only thing, the only reason why it's being linked to the Canucks is because the Canucks made an announcement that they're not going to be playing video games on the road. Okay. So everybody's been linking that with Fortnite. I mean, even Patrick right. Laine was commenting on it. Like, yeah. Why? Why? Why do I care he, what? He's an avid know. Fortnite player. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, but why? What does that have to do with the Canucks season at all? It has nothing to do with the Canucks season. It's Wait, a. It's a story though, man. It's a story about video game addiction, and a lot of people are saying that. Some of these players that are coming in now, this generation is really hooked on like online multiplayer games. And Fortnite is like a hundred person battle royale multiplayer game that a lot of people play. It's it's the biggest thing in the world right now in entertainment. Okay. It, by the time Fortnite is done, man, it might be like the most valuable entertainment property out there. That's how big it is. Not big enough for Art Aronson to know anything about, though. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what do you what do you game? Uh, I don't game. All right. You know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I uh, I watch a lot of sports. You I don't play have time. a you I play a mean Mario game. Kart 64 though. No, I'm not good at that either. You had one for a while. You were all right. I had it. That does not make it good. <laughs> uh, make me good at it. I, uh, I I I watch too many sports. I don't have time to play video games because I watch many sports uh all right let's move on uh from the canucks i mean unless you had anything uh that's the Fortnite. that's the only other thing i think that was notable about the canucks oh oh here's one thing about the canucks i want to talk about uh this is for the first time in 
I guess they say eight. I don't, I don't know how many years it's been, but the Canucks don't have a captain. They're going into this season with four alternate captains, Chris Tanev, Bo Horvat, uh, Alex Edler, and Brandon Sutter. Do you have a problem with the Canucks not uh, putting a C on somebody? Not at all. I said that they should do this. This is what I said. I said I wouldn't name a captain yet. Let a captain emerge. Yeah, but you didn't say it on between the stammers. So I no, no. I was saying this to people this summer. I think I probably even said it to you. I was just like, man, there's no reason why we should rush into naming a captain on this team. There's no reason. A lot of people think it's going to be Bo. I probably think it'll be Bo too. But let the leaders of this team emerge and let a guy like Bo just take those reins automatically when he's ready. And I mean, the reason why it's being talked about is because being the captain of a hockey team is very symbolic, maybe more symbolic than any other team sport. It seems right. That's why people are talking about it. Well, you know, like captains do a lot, man. Yeah. So to the, not- the greatest captains do a lot, you know, Sedin's like they led off the ice they're always up there and one and two and fitness testing and all that other stuff you want guys who do that a captain stays and he talks to the media after the game after a team gets an absolute shit kicking right and he'll stay in there and he'll handle the questions and he'll be the face of the franchise Bo is getting groomed for that position there's no two ways about it but there's no point in naming him a captain yet you know let him prove it let him do all that, you know, see how he fares with it. And then when you're ready, name him captain. Yeah, I have no problem with the Canucks not naming a captain either. Um, who do I think should be the captain? I have absolutely no idea. Let's, uh, I have no, and I would have no problem with Bo Horvat being the captain either, but we'll see. Uh, that was the only other big Canucks story this week uh, besides uh, the team starting the regular season. Obviously, they get the Calgary Flames again. It's a home about- and home series. Uh, Saturday night, they're going to be in Calgary. What about Gagne? Um, yes, I guess that is a fairly big story. The Canucks waving Sam Gagne, obviously not in the uh, opening day roster, not on the team. He's been lent to the Toronto Marlies, I guess. I don't know if that's just to, you know, because he's from the Toronto area. So yeah, he's, yeah uh, so he can be, be with his family. Yeah, yeah so... I mean, he can. He still his rights are still with the Vancouver Canucks yeah. if they want to uh, recall him. He didn't. He passed through waivers just we, fine. And we talked about this last week. You you did mention that you thought that he wouldn't make the team. Yeah, we talked about this last week about them cutting a vet and Gagne's name came up. But an, another thing about this is I think this lends to uh, the transparency of Benning about what he said about players making the team. The the players who worked the hardest will make the team. And Gagne is one of those guys who had to fit in the top six, didn't do enough to show that he should be there, wasn't going to get moved into the bottom six. And I think if Gagne was in the game tonight instead of a guy like Mott, Canucks might not have done as well as they did. <laughs> You're really on this Mott train. I thought he played <laughs> – I thought him, Granlin, and, and Beagle were exceptional. I really did. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for this Canucks podcast. Uh, we'll try and do one next Wednesday again. The Canucks will have played uh, Saturday nights, and then I think they have maybe one more game Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so maybe we'll get at least yeah, two more games. Yeah, I think it's Carolina. Games. Yeah, we'll get two more games before we do our next uh, podcast. Um, hoping to, uh, what do you expect for Saturday night? 
against well, the Flames. Flames are going to come out hot, right? They're going to be pissed. Um, but I, I, you know what? I don't expect as many penalties against the Canucks. I don't expect another seven penalties. Um, I like what I saw tonight, man. I, I'd like to see more from the top line, not necessarily offensively, because I know the offense will come. I know Besser will score. I know Horvat will score. I know Barchi will do his job, but they got to tighten it up defensively. They're not good enough in their, in their own end. Um, anything else uh, we want to mention in the NHL? I mean, it was opening night. The Toronto Maple Leafs uh, beat the Montreal Canadiens. No real big surprise there. You Overtime, that Austin. Perfectly though that three-two. That was that was your call in that game. Austin Matthews scoring two goals. Uh, the cups. The the cup parade has already been planned in Toronto. Um, they're not going to overreact from that first win, are they? I don't <laughs> Probably. think so. I don't think Dude, so. did you see that Matthews overtime goal? I did, yeah. Did you see how fast it happened? Yeah, it was uh, real quick, on a stick, up above Price. Price had no chance. Price was uh, pretty good tonight, actually, I thought. Yeah, I thought Montreal as a whole was a lot better than everybody was giving them credit for still heading into the season it's one game i know art but we're taking this one game at a time that's, that's why what they, we're gonna have to do this all season we can say it's one game all season no i we're mean at 82 our problem with that is it's only been one game we're doing this podcast now this is not to be this is not meant to be a post game for every single game right i, un- so, I understand that yeah. but what i'm saying yeah. is is you know be excited right now and then you know if the wheels fall off later talk about the wheels falling off later sure you're allowed to be a happy man. You know that, right? Mm, not usually how I hear teams, but sure. Uh, live in the moment, Caleb Kirby. Uh, and also the uh, the other game that happened, uh, Washington Capitals wiped the floor with the Boston Bruins. I think it was 7 nothing was the game. Uh, Brad Marchand. That's how you pronounce this game. Had a uh, had a fight in this game against Lars Eller. It was pretty interesting. Lars Eller like showboated, which is you know a little rich of Marchand being upset about another player showboating. Oh yeah, it's rich as all giddy. Up. He beat the crap out of Eller though. Lars Eller is such a little prick. He's uh, like I I do not mind watching those guys. Both of those guys beat the piss out of each other. Both of those guys just drive me nuts. I mean Lars Eller I thought was so good in the playoffs last year. Like he was, he was fantastic in the playoffs yeah. last year, and he just like you know c- continued it. They're a little cocky now that the Capitals have won the uh, Stanley Cup. You know what? I had this thought. This is one thing. Ovechkin had a nice night tonight. Him and Kuznetsov. I was thinking. Is this the year that Ovechkin goes crazy and wins the NHL scoring race? Like he, he the shackles are off now. He's won the Stanley Cup. Trotz is out there. He's not going to be looking over his shoulder. Someone telling him to play defense all year. This could be the year that he goes out there and wins the scoring race again. Yeah, but I had I, that thought tonight. But I mean, now he's got to deal with Elias Pettersson, or sorry, Ilias Pettersson. Oh no. Yeah, it started. What have you done? What have you done? Um, okay, yeah, another thing about this this Boston-Washington game real quick. Was Bergeron playing? Was he in the lineup? Yeah, he was in the lineup. He was yeah. in the lineup? Yeah, he was because in the lineup. Because they were saying he was hurt. I don't know if he was 100% or not. Oh, but he was there, yeah. That yeah. lineup, that line last year of Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marshan was one of the best lines in hockey. I, I'd argue it was the best line in hockey. That between them and, and the, the boys in Colorado there, and uh, for them to get a goose egg in their first trot out, I mean, granted, like the banner was raised and everything, that's got to be deflating for that team. 
one game. That's what Brad Marchand said after <laughs> he was like, we're, I'm, 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 you I'm tired Mar- of talking about you this. You and Brad Marchand we're have on, something in common today. On the next hey, game. You're both tempering your expectations very well. Well, that's kind of what you got to do in an 82-game season. Uh, other game that just ended, the uh, San Jose Sharks uh, were uh, they were welcoming Eric Carlson. It was their first game. They were playing their division rival, the Anaheim Ducks. They fell flat, though. They lost 5-2. Um, Jakob Silverberg having a big night. Him and Ricardo Raquel, each well, having four points. Silverberg's your boyfriend, so you must be happy about that. He's the most underrated player in the NHL. I'll say that. Interesting. Yeah, I will go about, go about and say that. The most underrated player in the entire NHL. Yeah. Temper your uh, that's take from, on that a that's little bit, Art. That's from years of observing and not... A, a temper you know, your take. I don't know, but that's that's not based off of one game. That's based off of years okay. of, of uh, watching and viewing and looking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 5-2 win there for the... Uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, that's it for the NHL as well. Um, Canucks cast between the stammers. Thanks for listening.